Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. Listen again for the word of God to us today from the Gospel of John in the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hand. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that were not written in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. My commanding officer in the Marine Corps has over 20 years in service, including three deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, 
She has risen to the rank of lieutenant colonel and today commands a squadron of over 200 Marines. I don't think I have to tell you that she's tough. She's been through a lot in life. She's faced some incredible losses, and she's tough. When I first met her, she told me that she's not really that religious, but that she was glad that I could be there for her Marines. Today, I am her chaplain as much as I am her Marines, but I had to earn that place. But once there, well, now she pushes me out in front, and then she pulls me to the side, give me some bit of wisdom or, or guidance. She points me in the direction of a, a wayward junior Marine or to senior officers alike. Last summer, she attended one of my worship services, when we, when, and when she came into a, the little office where we were gathering and turning it into a little chapel, I handed her the bulletin, and she said, chaps, I don't know what to do with this. And I said, just follow along, ma'am. And I preached that day about expeditionary Jesus, and she, she told me um, that she was there to support me, which was nice, but uh, little did she know we were there to worship our Lord. And I preached that day about the expeditionary Jesus, our God, who does not remain far from us away in heaven, but has made this incredible journey from heaven to earth to be with us and to lead us and to save us. I like that term expeditionary Jesus or expeditionary God because Marines and sailors think of themselves as expeditionary. They don't remain on bases. They, they journey forward through the seas to be wherever they are called to be. To this day, yesterday in fact, and every weekend that we are together, my commanding officer now talks about the expeditionary Jesus publicly. She doesn't consider herself religious, which is okay, because Jesus didn't come to start a religion anyway. He came to call followers, to find a great joy in following this expeditionary God who comes to us. That's what we see in the gospel story today. Jesus who comes to his disciples. Our gospel story today, the second Sunday of Easter, shows us how incredibly understanding and generous our God is in Jesus Christ, because he comes to his followers who are fearful and wandering, trapped, doubting, in the dark, struggling to believe, struggling for hope. And he does for them what he does for us all. He makes himself accessible, and he is accommodating to their needs. And so these are the two characteristics of God in Jesus Christ that I want you to hold on to today, that, that God in Jesus Christ is accommodating and accessible. Jesus Christ makes God accessible to all people by accommodating us. 
According to John's gospel, on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene is the only disciple to have seen Jesus. And she was by herself. She went by herself to the tomb on that Easter morning. She was alone. As John tells it, that morning, while it was still dark, Mary went to the tomb alone and found that the stone had already been removed. And then she ran to tell the disciples. And then Peter, and probably John, ran to see for themselves. And sure enough, when they got there, the stone was gone, the tomb was empty. But rather than saying anything about Jesus being alive and resurrected, the two men went home, and John says, not understanding the scriptures, that he must rise from the dead. Peter and probably John went home, and as it turns out, they locked themselves in a room, terrified. Mary Magdalene, however, she stuck around there at the tomb, and she wept. She wept over the empty tomb, missing her Lord. And then she heard a voice that said, Woman, why are you weeping? She said, they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. And then she turned around, and Jesus was there, but she didn't recognize him. He said again, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought, she thought he was the gardener and until he said her name, Mary. Then she knew it was him. There is our expeditionary God, Jesus Christ, who does not remain far from us in heaven but comes to us, who does not remain sealed in a grave but overcame death to return to us, and who came to Mary. She grabbed hold of his feet for dear life, but eventually she had to let go, and then she ran and she told the disciples. Now, let me ask you. She ran and told the disciples, and what do you think that they did? What would you do? Did they celebrate? Did they praise? Did they run to meet him for themselves? No. No, they they all just locked themselves in a room. It can be hard. It can be hard to overcome the obstacles of hope to faith. Even if hope and faith are just what we need to help us deal with whatever challenge we face. But thanks be to God that Jesus understands this about us, and he does not leave it all up to us to overcome all of the barriers and obstacles on our own. But Jesus comes to us. He accommodates our weaknesses. He helps us overcome them. He does what it takes to make himself accessible to us. Now, in the history of Christianity, Thomas takes the fall for all of the struggle to have faith in the risen Jesus. Have you, have you ever heard what Thomas is called? Doubting. Everybody knows it. Doubting Thomas. He takes the fall. But he wasn't the only one who seemed to doubt that Jesus had been raised. See, Peter and John, they saw the tomb was empty, but they didn't act like they understood that he was alive. 
Even after Mary saw, told them uh, that, that she had seen Jesus, they don't act like they trusted her. Instead, they return to their dark, locked room of fear until he appeared right there where they were, helping them to overcome their fear in their darkness, amongst their very real human weaknesses. Jesus came to them to help them overcome their weakness. And then there is Thomas, not the only one who doubted. You know, no one used to call him that name, Doubting Thomas, because I think they knew better, for they had all been there. I mean, literally, they had been there. They had seen him for themselves. Thomas wasn't there, but also they had all been there in that they had doubted as well. Thomas just as well could have been called Fighting Thomas or Brave Thomas, Thomas the Bold or, or Thomas the Confessor. And no one seems to remember what he was doing that night while the rest of them were all cowering in the house in fear, all locked up. He wasn't going to hide forever behind locked doors. He wasn't going to live in fear of his own people. But he wasn't there. He didn't see for himself. And even though 12 of his closest friends were telling him what they had seen, he didn't just go along to get along. He held his ground. He was honest about what was standing in the way of his faith. He was honest about his barriers. He confessed his doubt. He named his weakness, his limitation, and he named what he needed to be able to believe. Unless I see, I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I I'm just, I'm not going to believe. When I was in school, I had some learning differences. It made it hard to learn how to read and definitely hard to learn foreign languages. And in order to become an ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church, you have to learn biblical Greek and Hebrew. I struggled to learn languages in a classroom that had the same alphabet as we have in English. I was not going to be able to learn Greek and Hebrew without some accommodation. I tried once in college. I signed up for biblical Greek in college, and and I remember the professor telling us on the first day of class that learning to read the New Testament, the Greek New Testament, he said, is like kissing the bride without her veil. I wanted that. But I had to drop out of that class before it ended. Then I went to seminary, and I had to admit that my weakness, um, that I was going to face this barrier. And I wasn't as bold as Thomas. I probably would have, if I was Thomas, I might have pretended to believe, to to go along, to get along. I mean, peer pressure, right? Twelve people are telling me this. I don't want to be the one, the different one. Thomas was pretty bold. I would have maybe pretended uh, so that I could fit in. But I wasn't going to become a pastor unless I faced my very real weakness and accepted that I could learn this, but only if the school would accommodate my learning differences. And so for a whole semester, 
Dr. Beth Johnson taught me Greek one-on-one in her office, accommodating my unique learning style until I learned to do what I needed to do to meet the requirements. And then the next semester, Dr. Bill Brown taught me Hebrew in his office. And I will tell you, it is not easier (laughs) to be the only student in the classroom. I couldn't hide behind the others when the questions were asked. I had to have the answers. I I didn't get to experience Greek and Hebrew the way that my classmates did, but Columbia Seminary accommodated me, and they made the languages accessible, and I got to kiss the text without the veil. You know, hope in Jesus Christ, it's not a gift only for those who have proven themselves to be the strongest Christians and the most religious and pious who know all of the verses and the prayers and the traditions, who say all of the right things, those who are so skilled at demonstrating just how Christian they are. They they have all of the right social media posts. Dig in, though, and you will find that they are just like anyone else, with their fears, their doubts, their grief, their humanity, their barriers and obstacles that keep them in some way or another, from fully enjoying the hope in Jesus Christ. We call that sin. It's what affects all of us. But hope in Jesus Christ is for everyone. And Jesus comes to us precisely for this reason, to make this hope accessible to us all, to help us overcome every barrier He didn't leave Mary alone in her grief and doubt, trying to will herself to believe that the tomb was empty because he had risen. He came to her, met her in the graveyard. He didn't leave the disciples alone, locked in the darkness of fear and despair. He came to them. He didn't leave Thomas out in the cold, dark, alone. He heard exactly what Thomas said he needed in order to hold on to the hope, and he gave it to him. He showed up, and he said, Shalom, peace be with you. And you know what's sort of amazing? In all the depictions of Thomas, there's one that I always remember as a kid seeing, and and Thomas has his finger all in Jesus' side. But in the text, it just says that Jesus showed up and said, you you can put your finger in these wounds. And all Thomas does is says, my Lord and my God. It doesn't seem that he even needed what he thought he needed when Jesus showed up. Shalom. Peace be with you. He doesn't leave it all up to us to create that peace by ourselves. He doesn't leave it up to us to to work for that faith, to think ourselves into believing the unbelievable. Sure, as he says, it is a blessing to believe without having to see, but thanks be to God that he continues to come to us anyway, often through the body of Christ, other followers of the way. So yesterday I was in New Jersey with my Marines, 
And at our morning briefing, the staff and the officers gave their reports to the commanding officer. About 20 or 30 people gathered in this room doing official business, a small congregation. But they were talking about the, the fitness test that morning and, and what they were going to be doing on the gun range and the, the mission they had to accomplish the summer. And, and she went around the room and every staff and officer gave their report until they were all through. And she said, chaps. I said, yes, ma'am. And then I, I addressed the staff and the officers, and I said, I, I hope that anyone who was celebrating Easter this week or Passover or Ramadan had a blessed season. And then I told them about a death of a sailor whose family and colleagues I have been caring for the past couple of weeks. And I told them that if there is a Marine who is in their mind for any reason, who's on their heart, that I believe that God has put them there. And I said, I hope that you will reach out to them. And then I said, in my faith, we have a story about the day after Easter. I told them about the disciples in that locked room, locked in the dark, and how Jesus came to them when they felt that there was no more hope in the world when they thought that there was nothing but the darkness. He came to them and he showed them there was more, that there was hope and he gave them peace. I said, you can do that for others. And if you need that for yourself, I hope that you will ask for it and let me tell you that there is a light ahead and that there is a way out of the darkness. Afterward, a gunnery sergeant said to me, Chaps, I, I can't tell you how much it means to hear my Jesus talked about here. My CO, the one who doesn't know what to do with the bulletin, she now knows why I'm there to help and that it means that I need to tell them about the expeditionary Jesus who comes to us all. Beloved, he has come to you. And now tell them, tell them, tell them about the expeditionary Jesus. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then... May God be with you.